Welcome to a life-changing message by Darius Johnston, Senior Pastor of Christ Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Yay, God. Wow, what a powerful time of worship this morning. Uh, would you like to say thanks to the band and the team that did an incredible job this morning? Thank you. Well, we started this series last week called Four Words Forward, and uh, about three months ago, as we were praying about the new year, the Lord really challenged me in my heart uh, about four words to be kind of the pillars for 2018 here at Christ Church. So I, I hope that you'll allow the Holy Spirit to really plant these in your heart. Now, it, it's really crucial, I think, uh, that you get a handout today, okay? Everybody got a handout? If you don't, if you'll lift your hand, some good-looking ushers will bring you one really quick, okay? So uh, I, I've got some, I got, I got several all over the room, so ushers, if you'll help me out real fast. I didn't warn them I was going to do this, so they're like running uh, to, to grab some, some bulletins for you, and they will get them to you in just a moment. But uh, it's really important because I've already had one person tell me this morning, when they looked at my outline, they said, okay, is this a sermon or a series? Because it's got a lot of information there, and I'd love for you to get it. So, so here they come. If you didn't get a bulletin when you came in, just raise your hand right now. And, and these good-looking ushers are going to bring you one so that you can know what's going on. And also, you can follow me uh, with the message. Now, uh, if you prefer to do it electronically, by the way, if you go to our app, which is CCFW, uh, they tell me that the outlines are always there. And so you can go there, go to the sermon section. And, and click on today's outline, and you can actually take notes electronically on your phone, tablet, computer, whatever. So I want to just welcome all of you. Welcome all of you that are joining us online, watching us all around the world. Uh, it's, it's awesome. I get text messages and message uh, from friends who are living all... I got last week, uh, one of our missionaries in Africa was watching our service. It was pretty incredible, and so they sent me a note. So here are the four words we're going to talk about. Last week, we talked about this word, power. And I, I hope that you were with us. God gave us an incredible day as we talked about learning how to release God's power in our life. Uh, next week, Pastor Brendan is going to talk actually about change and how God wants to bring change into our life and how we need to respond to that. And then the final week of January, two weeks from the day, I'm going to be talking about abundance. How many of you believe God wants to put abundance in our life? Okay. Now, all four of these kind of flow together because today I'm talking about wholeness. Wholeness. Everybody say wholeness. So last week was power. This week's wholeness. Then we're going to talk about change. And once we get these three going, I believe God's going to bring abundance into our life. Everybody say amen. amen. So on our outlines today, I start out by giving you a, a definition. This is important. How do I define wholeness? So this is what I say. Wholeness is a state of being perfectly well in body, soul, and spirit. Now, I want you to grab that. Now, when you read that, you should immediately realize that's not going to happen on this earth. Okay, I'm not going to get perfect. I know some of you think you're close. Your spouse can tell us you're not. Okay, you, uh, we, we're, we're not going to get perfect on this side, but hopefully all of us at some part of our journey today are striving toward wholeness in spirit, soul, and body. The reason we're not going to get whole completely on this side of heaven is the next statement on your outlines. 
We are a broken people living in a broken world. Come on now. Just, just look around you. Look around you and you can see. In fact, oh, here's what I've discovered. It's always easier for us to see brokenness in other people than it is to see brokenness in ourselves. I can point out your issues with anger or bitterness or depression or jealousy or materialism or greed or lust. I can point those out in everybody else. I just don't like looking in the mirror. How you doing? Now, some of my brokenness is because I live in a broken world. Born in a family that wasn't perfect. Very dysfunctional, possibly. Maybe you've been involved in some relationships that were bad relationships, and so other people hurt you and caused brokenness in your heart, brokenness in your emotions, brokenness in your life. Some of the biggest brokenness, at least for me, has not been caused necessarily by other people, but by me. Can I get a witness? Come on. Made a bad choice, got involved in something I shouldn't have got involved in, and it creates brokenness in my life because I am a broken person. I live in a broken world. So how do I deal with that? Well, those who study human behavior tell us there are five common ways that we try to deal with our brokenness. The goal for many people is, can I just push this away? Can I maybe numb that feeling of pain from my brokenness? So here's what we normally would turn to. Number one, we would abuse alcohol. It's so available to most of us that we just say, you know what, that's going to be my life jacket. I'm just going to plug into that so I can numb my brokenness. If alcohol doesn't work, a lot of people try drugs. They abuse drugs, legal or illegal, prescription or buying us somewhere else, and they just say, you know what, all I want is just something to escape my brokenness. Thirdly, uh, people will try sex. Maybe I can get a little adrenaline, a little high, feel good by getting involved in sexual relationships. Fourthly, people will try work. A lot of people will just say, you know what, I'm going to pour myself into a job. Uh, 60, 80, 100 hours a week. I'm going to work really hard. And if I work hard enough, then I can cover up the brokenness of my life. Fifthly, a lot of people will try material things. Maybe I could buy me a new pair of shoes, a new fishing rod, maybe a new car, some toy that I can buy that will make me feel good about myself and ignore my brokenness. Here's the problem. If you try any of those five, and for some, you've tried all five, what you discover is every one of them, instead of healing our brokenness, actually makes us more broken and causes more hopelessness. And at the same time, they all reduce our own self-esteem. We feel bad about ourselves when we try one of those ways as a substitute to get wholeness. 
I'm here today to tell you, here's the good news. There is a path to wholeness, but it's not through drugs, alcohol, sex, your job, or material things. The path to wholeness is one path. It's through a personal, intimate relationship with the God who created you. And he made that possible when he sent his son Jesus to earth to die on the cross of Calvary, to pay the price for our brokenness, and to invite us into a personal, intimate relationship with Almighty God. You see, God wants to help you to be whole. Let me show you that from Scripture, Psalms 34, verse 18. This is an awesome word. David said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I want you to think about that with me a moment. Some of you today, listening to me online or in this room, your life has brokenness, pain, hurt, rejection. All of those issues that mount up on the inside. And there's this little voice that tells you God really can't love you because you're a mess. God doesn't like you. When you get it all together, well, God will love you. But I'm here today to tell you something. The Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And here's the good news. That's not a promise. It's a fact. Let me explain that to you. In the Bible, there are a lot of great promises. I love the promises of the Bible. For instance, one of the promises I love is, they that wait upon the Lord, God will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings and they'll run and not be weary, all that. I love that. If I spend time waiting on God, then God's going to do this. That's a promise. Promises are usually, I do this and God will do this. Wait on the Lord, the Lord will renew my strength. I bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. We'll receive an offering at the end of the service. When I bring the tithe into the storehouse, God will open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing I can't receive. Come on, some of the more of you ought to like that, right? I know the rest of you got so much, you're not worried about it. But that's a promise from God. I bring the tithe, God's going to bring abundance. I wait, God's going to renew my strength. I trust not in my own intellect, but put my trust in God and God says, I'll direct your path. Lean not on your own understandings. In all of your ways, acknowledge God. I'll make your path clear. Great promises. I do, God does. Psalms 34, not a promise. Nothing I do. It's a fact. Whether you see him, whether you hear him, whether you acknowledge it or not, in your brokenness, God is close. Some of you sitting here today in this room and you've wondered where God is. I'm telling you where he is. He's closer than you've ever realized. God is close to you and me today. Not only does David say that God is close, but look at the next part. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. God wants to save you. Have you ever, have you ever felt like you were drowning Sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally. Sometimes you, when, when dad taught me how to swim, it's just kind of like jump off there and see what you do. I found the bottom real fast. Decided I didn't like the bottom. So I started swinging the arms and eventually figured this out, okay? 
my little grandchild one day jumps in the pool. What did I do? I quickly grabbed them because they didn't have their little swimmies on. I saved. What, what, when it says God saves those who are crushed, what is it? God reaches to you when you're drowning in your brokenness and pulls you to a safe place. Oh, that's pretty good. There's another extension of this. Psalms 147. This is what David says there. David says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. So here's the good news. If you're listening to me today and you're broken, God is close. God wants to save. God wants to heal. And God wants to bind up your wounds. Now, there's a New Testament equivalent with this. The Apostle Paul is praying a prayer in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Listen to what he says. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Now, there's a reason I chose that particular translation, which is the message translation, because it points something out that's very important in Scripture. Holiness is connected to wholeness. Now, when I grew up in church, holiness was not a fun word. When preachers would start preaching on holiness and God says, be ye holy because I am holy, the next thing that was going to come out was a list of things you couldn't do. Because if you did any of those things, then you weren't holy. And so, you know, there was times where if you wore makeup, you weren't holy for the women, not for the guys, okay? Uh, you know, for guys, if your hair touched your ears or your collar, you weren't holy. You know, if your dress was too short, well, you weren't holy. If you went to movies, you weren't holy. And it was all this exterior stuff that we talked about trying to make people holy. And guess what? It didn't work. Because holiness doesn't start on the outside. That's a good revelation. Look at the next part of the verse. God makes you holy and whole. Put you together. What happens when I'm broken? When I'm broken, I'm like Humpty Dumpty who fell off the wall. And I got lots of pieces that don't, know, that don't go together no more. And here's a great thought. You ready for this? Just, just want to give you this revelation real fast. When you're broken... You can't fix yourself. Okay. We'll come back there. He says, God, may the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. May he put you together, spirit, soul, and body. And keep you fit for the coming of the master. What's, he, what's, what's that about? Here's what it's about. It's, it, it, theologically, that's called we are a tripartite being. Fancy word. Makes me sound smart, doesn't it? It's just simply saying we got three parts. What you see up here is not the real me. The real me is much better looking. A lot of hair. <laughs> the real me is a spirit because man is a spirit. We live in a body, but we possess a soul. Okay? That's a crucial thought. We are a spirit. When God created you, when God created me, when God created Adam and Eve, the Bible says God breathed into them the breath of life and they became a living being. 
You see, scientists for years have tried to figure out if they can create life from nothing. They can put all the chemicals together, but they can't make it work. Why? Because there's no real life in there. Because life is not in your body. Life is in your spirit. And when your spirit leaves your body, you're dead. Oh, that's a good thought, Darius. See, that's really what death is. Death is simply a separation between your spirit and soul and your body. That's pretty good. So if life starts in my spirit, well, then my spirit is where I really need to work. See, I am a spirit. I live in a body. Paul says that this body is our earthly tent, our earthly tent. But Paul also says, but we who are followers of Jesus Christ, we have a heavenly home, eternal Tents are only temporary. I've slept in a few tents, taking my boys camping when they were young. I'm glad it was short. I was not made to be tent living for a long period of time. Some of you, you're, you're awesome. You love doing that. You go out and do it as a family every week or whatever. God bless you. Give me a motel. Okay? Paul says, this is my earthly tent, but I have an eternal home. So sure, I'm going to try to take care of the tent as much as I can, but guess what? All I do for it, it's still temporary. It's temporary. The real me is my spirit that's made in the image of God. My spirit man, your spirit man, everybody's spirit man has a touch of God within them. That's why when we are separated from God, there's something within us that longs to make that connection back with God. For people who maybe don't even know it, but they know something's missing. You say, you know what's missing? Your spirit is not connected to God. You see, the, the doctors have discovered there's this connection between our spirit, our soul, and our body. They're really working. There's a whole group of doctors working on research about how our mind, will, and emotions affect our body. For instance, doctors will tell you that if you have negative thought patterns on a consistent basis, negative thought patterns will actually block chemical reactions in your body that decrease your immune system. If you have consistent patterns of negative thoughts, your body is more susceptible to sickness because your immune system is decreased. But when you have positive thought patterns on a consistent basis, chemicals are released in your physical body that strengthen your immune system. So good thought. Stop watching news 24 hours a day. That's feeding negativity to you. Okay? Turn the news off. Turn the Bible on. Turn on some worship. Get something positive going in your mind, and all of a sudden, your body starts feeling better. Now, here's what doctors haven't discovered. They haven't figured out that not only does my, my mind, will, and emotions affect my body, but my spirit affects my soul. Yeah. You see, if my spirit is full of sin selfishness, lust, all this stuff over here in my spirit, man, then my mind is not going to be able to have the kind of thoughts it needs to have. So I need to come to God and ask God, God, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you make my spirit whole? 
so that when my spirit is whole, now we can begin to work on my mind, my will, and my emotions, which will in turn affect my body. That's why Paul says, do not allow the world to conform you to its image. Conform me to the image of the world. The world, you know what the world's, why do they have all those commercials on TV? Because they want to make you think you've got to buy this in order to be good. In order to look good, you've got to have this. You got to smell like this. You got to eat this. You got to do this. You got to have this new one. That new that pair of shoes. It's six months old. You need a new pair of shoes. It's still good, yeah. But they got a new model now. Come on. What are we doing? We're letting the world conform us. He says, "Don't let the world conform you to their pattern. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind." That's powerful. Nowhere in the Bible does it say I'm supposed to renew my body. No, the Bible says, I renew my mind. I allow the Holy Spirit of God to change the way I think, my mind, my will, my emotions. Because if I change my mind, my will, my emotions, I become whole, and then my body begins to live in holiness. Oh, this is good stuff. That's why we're so interested in trying to help people get whole. Paul said it this way to when he wrote to his young son, Timothy, chapter 4 of 1 Timothy. He says, spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. What a great verse for this year, right? Here in January, we're talking about being fit. What's the number one goal of everybody at the first of the year? We want to lose weight and get in shape. What does Paul say? Bodily exercise is all right. It's okay to go to the gym. It's okay to start eating right. It's okay to start sleeping right. But then he says, but spiritual exercise is much more important. Oh, this is good stuff. It is a tonic for all you do. So exercise yourself spiritually. How do I exercise myself spiritually? Well, a few years ago when I was trying to get myself in shape, start the process, I went and got a trainer, and my trainer gave me these list of exercises I was supposed to do. Five years later, I'm still doing those exercises. I adjust them a little bit. What I discovered right off the bat was there were some of those exercises I liked and some of them I didn't. So my natural propensity was to do the ones I liked and skip the ones I didn't. And you know what I discovered? It was the ones that I didn't like that I needed the most. Sermon preached right there. I gave you a list of 10 things. Some of you may read over those 10 things and say, well, I like those three. I'll just do those. Hey, do the ones you don't like. Thank you, God. Way to go, Pastor. All right. Thank you. I'll give you some more help inside of your handout today. I made sure everybody got one. There's one of these little inserts right here. This is about our support groups that we offer here at Christ Church. Why? Because we believe that if God wants us to be whole, there's a next step. We don't just listen to a sermon or come to an altar for prayer, which is important. We're going to do that in a moment. But we also follow up on it, like divorce care. If you, know, if you or someone you know is struggling in a broken relationship, that's brokenness in your life. You need to deal with it before you go to your next relationship or you're going to carry it all with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Help us all. So we offer divorce care. Powerful, powerful opportunity. Divorce care for kids. I cannot say enough about the testimonies we get from children who go through our divorce care program because mom and dad couldn't figure out how to be together for whatever reason and the kids are literally scarred. Nobody works on the kids. So we started a divorce care program several years ago, and it is incredible. Every semester, I just get incredible little cards from these boys and girls who discover that, you know what, mom and dad's choices 
aren't my fault. I'm okay. God still loves me. So divorce care for kids, grief share, people that are dealing with loss, helping people get whole after the brokenness of loss, healing of damaged emotions, people who have been abused and hurt, women. This is strictly a women's group, but people who've somewhere been abused or hurt in their background to be healed. Financial Peace University, the second step, legacy for people who are broken financially. Maybe you don't know how to heal your financial situation. Here's a great place to start. Celebrate Recovery, another great place to start. Dealing with your hurts, habits, and hangups. And then here's another one, not on the list, but it's in your handout. In a few weeks, we're going to have the first in a long time marriage conference at Christ Church. We're bringing in John and Debbie Palmer, who are literally experts in this area of relationships. And the conference is called One, because we're believing that God's going to take couples who have become a bunch of broken pieces and make those broken pieces one again. Come on, that deserves a hand. Come on. So... If you're married or you have friends who are married uh, and, and maybe your marriage is perfect, thank you very much. God bless you for lying. And you've never had a problem. You still need to come because when you come, you're going to discover it's not as perfect as you thought it was. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna all come together and we're going to allow God to help our brokenness and our relationships become one in our marriages. If you haven't signed up for that, you ought to do that today. Powerful, powerful. Okay, let me wrap this up. A story from the Bible. Mark chapter 3. It's the Sabbath. Jesus goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And there's a man there that we don't know his name, so I'm going to call him Tom. If, that's, if you're here and you're Tom, no picking on you, okay? So Tom is there, and Tom has a problem. The Bible tells us that Tom has a withered hand. Now imagine if you're Tom, if I was Tom, I think I would probably keep my hand in my pocket. You don't want anybody to know where you're broken or where you're hurting. But everybody seemed to know Tom's got a withered hand. And there were some Pharisees there that day, and they were kind of waiting to see what Jesus was going to do. Jesus and his followers come into the synagogue, and Jesus sees Tom. And Jesus does something that seems rather rude. Jesus says, hey, Tom, I want you to come up here and stand in front of everybody. When you're broken in your life, the last thing you want is to stand in front of everybody. Right? I don't want anybody to know. Come on, I'm sticking this in my pocket on purpose. And Jesus says, Tom, come on up here. Stand up here in front of everybody. So Tom walked up there, and Jesus has a little dialogue with the Pharisees, and then Jesus turns to Tom and says, hey, Tom, stretch out your hand. You want me to show everybody? Think about that a moment. Okay, Jesus, you said so. So Tom pulls out his hand. Now, you and I know the story if you've read Mark chapter 3. Tom didn't know. 
All Tom knew was he was about to expose the brokenness of his life. But when he pulled out his hand, the Bible said his hand was made whole. Do you imagine how Tom felt? Wow. I don't have to hide it anymore. I don't have to be ashamed anymore. My hand is whole. This morning, just like God has done in the previous three services, God's getting ready to make some people whole today. Some of you in this room today, you've kind of been hiding part of your life. And in a moment, when our prayer teams come to the front of this room and when we have prayer, God's going to say, hey, do you want to be whole? You can walk out of here the same way you walked in if you want to. Just stick it under your skirt, under your jacket or whatever, and walk out. Or you can say, today's my day. Today's the day. I bring it out and say, Jesus, would you be close to me? Would you save me? Would you heal me? Would you bind up my wounds? Your word says that's what you'll do. Would you put the pieces of my life back together again? Make me fit today. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over the room. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come and join me here at the front. Today we believe in prayer. We believe a God in a God who is close to those who are broken. If you've come today into this service and you have a, a broken area of your life, we'd love to be able to pray with you. For some of you this morning, maybe you've never opened up your spirit to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We'd love to be able to pray with you as you simply say, Jesus, I want you to forgive me and be in charge of my life. Some of you today, you, maybe you've got a physical sickness and you need healing. God would love to manifest that for you today as our prayer teams anoint you with oil. Maybe some of you have a physical need or a spiritual need. I am believing today through this time of prayer, the Holy Spirit is going to minister in a very powerful way. Would you bow your heads and let me pray over you? Holy Spirit, I ask you right now that you would speak to men and women, young men and young ladies, boys and girls all over this room. I pray even for those online that are watching today, God, that they would right now experience the closeness of God. Lord, I pray against every lie of the enemy. I pray against habits, hurts, and hang-ups that have broken your children. And in the name of Jesus, I ask you to draw to this altar those today who you want to bring wholeness into their life. I pray over our prayer teams this morning. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would release through them today words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of faith, gifts of miracles, gifts of discerning of spirits, and even gifts of prophecy as they speak and minister as the servants of God. Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would transform us
as we simply bring ourselves to you. God, you love your children. Show that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our altars are open. If you want prayer, come either side of the platform. We'd love to pray with you. We believe God is close today as we worship. Come on down. Thank you for joining us for another inspirational message. We hope you've enjoyed listening. For more information about Christ Church Fort Worth, please visit www.christchurchfw.com.